On this episode of the Solopreneur Podcast, we're going to talk about the secret superpower used by Kobe Bryant, Tiger Woods, Michael Jordan, and world-class top producing solar professionals and what you could do about it. Coming up. Look, in the solar business, there's really only two types of people. There's the ones that crush it, make six, seven, and eight figures, and then there's everyone else. The question is, which one will you be? Over the last four years, we've studied the sharpest solar sales and marketing pros, how they build multi-million dollar incomes using only the best solar sales and marketing strategies. So how do these solarpreneurs do what they do and what makes them so successful? This podcast is your answer. Join us and thousands of sales pros, marketers, and entrepreneurs as we take the solar industry by storm and uncover what it takes to sell more solar with less effort. Welcome to the Solarpreneur Podcast. What's up, solarpreneurs? It is James Swiderski, and I got my man here, Joseph Wen. Hey, what's up, guys? Yeah, guys, we are super pumped about this episode. We're going to dive into just some fire content right off the bat. The stuff we're going to talk about, I'm going to preface here, is very unconventional stuff. There's very few places you can even hear this online and a lot of things that people don't like to talk about. And we're really going to dissect bottom line here, what high performance, high achievers at any craft. And I'm going to show you what they're doing specifically, how to optimize their energy, how to have extreme amounts of laser focus, obsessive focus, right? And motivation constantly through the roof and how to apply it more importantly to solar, how you guys can use it. How can be your ultimate secret weapon to just dominate your goals in this industry. What we're going to talk about today is what I like to call here the dark side. And the dark side sounds intimidating, sounds super like, I don't know, evil even, like it's some sort of force or something, right? I don't want you to think of it that way. And I'm going to break it down why the dark side, which is really a combination of learning how to utilize your ego and the primal emotions that we're all born with and combine that with laser mental focus so you can execute every single time with precision on command. So if it sounds like you, if you want more motivation, more ability to execute towards your goals, you wish that you could be more laser focused, this is going to be the episode for you. Yeah, guys, and the reason why no one really talks about the dark side is because it's extremely controversial, right? It's because if you don't control your dark side, a lot of things can happen. Um, just to, for example, like you, you see what happens with Tiger Woods or like a lot of these high level individuals that get into affairs and things like that. And so if it really does get out of control, it can get um, pretty ugly very quickly. But if you learn how to harness it and how to hone it in, then you can achieve like the highest levels of success humanly possible right and you can see that as a result of just tiger woods coming back after what like 10 years yeah. right and that's what happens when you really uh hyper focus in and you're able to control this dark side so like michael jordan um muhammad ali like those people those are the guys that are able to harness it and really be able to create something like a, actually like a legacy that no one is able to replicate ever again. So if you want to learn how to become legendary and leave a legacy behind, you definitely have to use this dark side. Guys, one of the things about this, um, 
And most of my life, I've been obsessed with studying high performers. I used to play trumpet in high school. I studied high performers there. I've been following Tiger since I was in elementary school. I used to do a lot of sports. Like I've been obsessed with what these guys do and how I can apply it to my own life specifically. One common misunderstanding, I know Joseph had this question too when we met about five, six months ago, um, is personality right how does personality play a role in how the dark side works how ego works because some people right have aggressive a type red personalities and they apply themselves in a certain way and you'll notice a lot of these high performers in any industry have these types of personalities but what i've noticed um working with joseph sharing some of the tactics and strategies on how to tap into this that we'll talk about today here is you don't have to have this personality. You don't have to be born with it. And truly anybody can utilize a degree of this. Are you going to be the next Michael Jordan of solar? Probably not. Okay. Because there is a certain level of genetics that play a role into this, but can you be the top 1% of solar professionals, create a multiple seven and eight figure income using this stuff? Absolutely. No question. So guys, I want to talk about this gift, right? What this gift does is it allows you to, right? Some of the traits are obsessive amounts of focus, right? Being able to take just massive, ungodly amounts of action towards an outcome on command, having ridiculous amounts of motivation. Joseph gets these at times and periods too. I see him pull out on this. Um, yeah, I it's, get it's these a lot as well. Yeah. I mean, what's <laughs> an example really of this? Like, Joseph, what's like an example of like this ridiculous focus you could think of? Ridiculous focus? I mean, for you, like, it's pretty much when you drink coffee and then when you watch like i think like a tom billu video or, or like oh, yeah, um dude. tim grover video dude and you just get boom like just laser focused but it's literally different for every single person Definitely. like just how like every single fingerprint is different every single person is going to be different with how they can tap into the dark side so just by drinking coffee and listening to tim grover like i can't do that and just get into the zone um but it's it's kind of like an aggressive controlled anger I, I don't really know how else to describe it but it's like yeah. i'm not a very aggressive person or confrontational right i'm a blue type personality so i'm very empathetic i care a lot about people i won't ever do anything that's not morally and ethically aligned with my standards and so for me to get into it it's kind of like tapping into something that makes me really frustrated <laughs> or yeah. really angry and then that's how I can get laser focused so like if i get really angry about a situation and i just like directly apply that focus into what i'm doing and then get into a state of flow where you lose track of time. That is the type of focus that he's talking about. And so like, if you guys have ever worked so intensely at something where it's just challenging enough so that you stay focused and that you stay um, committed to the task and it engages you actively. Um, and then you lose track of time, right? You look up at the clock and then all of a sudden like four hours pass and you're like, whoa, that felt like 30 minutes. Like that's the type of focus that he's talking about. And James is gonna like uh, elaborate more on this but yeah. if you guys have ever felt that before we're gonna teach you guys how you can um manufacture this every single time at will and that's what happens when you tap into the dark side with that obsessive insane focus guys this is literally taking me like i've been using this stuff not knowing what it is for my entire life and i feel like a lot of people who do use this they just don't know what it is or they feel guilty yeah. about using it or they don't have permission on how to use it because let's be real guys like we are on this podcast like it's pretty freaking weird to talk about and we're willing to put it out there because i think you guys need to hear it because it's really 
if I were to put down like the secret to my success in this industry, it's this, because without this gift and knowing how to tap into it, I wouldn't be able to learn as quickly and as efficiently as I do. I wouldn't be able to execute on new ideas, new training programs. I wouldn't be able to go close just ridiculous amounts of deals in a day and generate leads. I wouldn't be able to do it without this newfound energy source and superpower to go into. And the main driving force of that we're going to talk about is what's known as the ego, okay? Now, the ego is one of those gifts that we're given, right? And like any gifts that we're given, like food, frustration, sex, anger, these are things that we're born with, okay? We are given as humans, and they can be great allies for us. Food can give us energy, right? Frustration and anger help us from, you know, dangerous situations, right? Those get adrenaline pumping and certain chemicals in our body that keep us away from danger. That's an ally that could be uh, it working in our advantage, but where it could be detrimental to us and our success is when, you know, we get stressed out or we get frustrated with a loved one or a spouse and we end up hurting them somehow when we overeat, right? Addictions, stuff like that. This is the dark Mm -hmm. side of it. So we're going to talk about the good stuff here how you can utilize this, why you shouldn't be afraid to use these emotions to your advantage and how to keep it in check, which we're kind of, kind of split it here, kind of the good cop, bad cop thing, but we're going to kind of play into each other's situation here, but I'm going to talk about how to utilize this, some of the tactics about it. And Joseph's going to kind of help mediate it and show you how to keep it in check to make sure that you're not becoming quite frankly, just kind of a douche. (laughs) Yeah, that's the last thing we want, right? And so I I think a reason why a lot of people don't use this or don't know, well, well, one, they don't know how to utilize it and they don't even know about it in the first place, right? Because no one really talks about the dark side and no one talks about it because they don't understand it. So this is where we'll help you clarify this. But another thing is that people are afraid to use this, right? Like it's, no one really talks about, well, when people talk about ego, they always say that, oh, like avoid ego, Sounds throw away bad. your ego. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and, and they're saying, don't be egotistical. Don't be self-centered. Don't be like self-absorbed uh, in those things. And so they, they kind of make those words synonymous with ego, but that's not necessarily true. And so what people do is that they actually stash away their ego completely and never take it out to use. Mm. But there are certain times and situations that you must unsheath the sword, right? Um, and, and use it. And, and, and most people in the world, like, it's not that they're honorable and that they're righteous, right? A lot of people in the world are afraid of doing anything. And if you're afraid to take any sort of action, or if you're afraid of like hurting other people, you're not actually courageous, right? You're just literally afraid. That's it. Like it doesn't make you a good person. There's a difference. A very, very, very big difference. Doesn't make you a good person. Exactly. Because if you're operating out of fear, that means you're incapable of doing something bad. That doesn't make you automatically good. And so a true hero, right? A true legend is a person that has a sword, but he keeps it sheathed, right? It doesn't mean that he's unarmed. And so that's the biggest difference between the top 1% and the rest of the people. And that's something that no one really talks about. And so that's why it's like you have to have an ego but you have to keep it sheathed and you have to know when to take it out when it's necessary and in these and it's in times like these right in order to um be able to achieve the things that you thought were impossible or what other people think is impossible you have to tap into the source i was just telling joseph uh off the air with this as well um 
if it wasn't for ego, right? Because we were breaking down when I've, I've been working on my ego too. full transparency, right? Keeping this ego in check is difficult for me. I know how to utilize the pieces of the ego to my advantage, which is why I'm talking about this section, but I've had a hard time keeping it in check. And I've noticed in my business, in my sales, my personal life, the ego has been detrimental when it hasn't been controlled. So I could tell you this though, I was telling Joseph that if it wasn't for my ego and being able to tap into this dark side, I would not be anywhere near where I'm at today. None of the knowledge, the tools, I would not have the, uh, the really the world's best training and lead gen system. I wouldn't have any of that. And I wouldn't be the guy I am. I wouldn't have even met Joseph in the first place if it wasn't for my ego in the because he wouldn't have uh, Joseph and I met, he bought our program, right? We hit it off. We talked about it. We had a similar vision. We started working together with stuff. He wouldn't have found my product if my ego wasn't in check at that point. So I want you to realize that it's going to bring good and bad things. You just need to be able to identify with it. So enough about the intro here. Let's get to the tactics. I'm going to give you four strategies, how to embrace this dark side for massive execution, focus, and an untapped, unfound source of energy that you guys are all sitting on and you haven't realized how to pull out until now. So number one is sort of what Joseph talked about is leveraging anger and channeling negative energy into a positive outlet. Okay. We all are going to face negative energy in our lives especially in sales. Anytime you're going to face rejection, you know, you're frustrated, you have failure with the goal, right? You're going to get angry. You get angry at a loved one. You get frustrated with a kid, right? We're all going to have anger. And rather than just sitting on that anger and stuffing it into a pot, right? Cause that's what everybody, most people do. We, as a society look down on people who are angry. We think we call them what insane, right? We go put them in mental hospitals because they freak out and they do things that they shouldn't do. They make bad decisions. That's an example of anger getting out of control. The dark side taking control of you rather than you taking control of it. But the question I want to pose with this is what if you can tap into that energy and propel it towards a positive solution, aka your sales, right? In this example. So a prime example of this as many of you guys know, and I talk about it because it's surprising to a lot of people I talk to. The first six months of my solar career, I did not close a single deal. I was working 40, <laughs> 60, up to 80 hours a week, including study time, and closed nothing. Didn't make a single paycheck besides a little small bonus check in my first week. That's this insane. is a huge amount of rejection huge amount of frustration, right? A massive amounts of failure, literally failing at every single deal. I was even getting 20, 30 leads a week and I couldn't even close a single one of these. So imagine that amount of rejection and frustration I would be feeling. I had two options at that point. Option one, I could give up. I could just say, ah, I'm not cut out for this. I could suck up the rejection and the fear and I could do nothing about it, or I could take it out on someone else in another way, or I can channel that a, a rejection, that anger that I felt, those chemicals, right? The chemical that we feel that is epinephrine, right? It's released when you're angry, you're stressed. And what this chemical does, guys, is it prepares your body for strenuous activity, okay? You go research this. Our body, when Imagine our ancient ancestors, if they had to go hunt like a saber toothed tiger or something, or they had to protect their family from like a freaking wild animal or something, right? This chemical is going to kick in 
And it's going to give you this feeling that we know as anger, stress, right? And it's getting that body ready to do something drastic. It's getting your body in the state by a couple of things, getting it laser focused. It's heightening your senses, right? So you're more alert. You're sharp. You could think clearer, right? You could speak a little bit more articulate. Maybe your tonality and your body language is set up correctly. These are some of the side effects of when epinephrine comes into place if you know how to control it. So by literally causing your brain and your body to fill with this adrenaline, you have a newfound energy source. Your body has this energy source for when you're in a life or death situation. It's there, guys. But what do most people do when they feel angry or stressed? They freak out. They don't do anything with it. They don't put you're it in told a positive to bottle it. Yeah. I mean, what do they do, Joseph? What I'm trying to think of some examples. Like, what do people do when they get like stressed? <laughs> what do normal people do <laughs> when yeah. they're stressed? Yeah. So typically, I mean, people are just told to bottle it up. Um, some people work out. Not many people. You already know that, right? Like, yeah. So that's one for a very small segment of people. But honestly, people are just like, what they do is they just go and judge people. Like, they they they, they take that uh, energy, that frustration, negative energy, and channel it. everyone channels energy somehow right yep. energy is neither created nor destroyed it's just transferred and so it has to go somewhere and so what do people do they typically redirect it towards something negative automatically so by judging other people or taking it out on someone else or projecting their anger on somebody else right let's say you got in a fight with uh, your significant other um and then you go and, and project that anger onto your mom or your dad was like yelling at you and then you project that onto your significant other right like these are things that people do when they don't know how to redirect it into something positive and so yeah it's so important to just remember that and so now it's like where do you where do you put your energy right because it's got to go somewhere and so you might as well put it something good so when you get angry and frustrated right um like james was saying you get this chemical that goes through your body epinephrine right and all of a sudden you start to feel like you, you ever feel like you want to punch something when you get angry That's right it right there like yeah. all of a sudden yeah it literally you just want to like run or like punch something i don't know right and so it's like you get really aggressive out of nowhere and so this is what you want to tap into. Like that's the dark side. And we're when you learn how to channel that. About, yeah. We're literally talking about creating that on command to do an activity yeah. like door knocking or lead generation guys. Imagine the power in that. If you could do that. Exactly. It's like, how hard would you punch someone when you're frustrated versus like <laughs> when you're not right or not infused with that chemical. And so that, that newfound energy, you can just spontaneously uh, create it or, or just tap into that source. And so, yeah. So like, what do you do essentially? Like what's a, an example of how you would channel that frustration or anger, or actually how do you even tap into it in the first place? Like, what do you yeah. do to get, like, you have to make yourself mad or okay. yeah. like think about something that you hate. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that. We need to, to for how to actually use it. That's going to come after the, the next three tips actually. Yeah. You won't understand okay, cool, how cool. to use it exactly. So just be aware of it is possible. And this is the source of it. Okay. We have identified the source of where this energy comes from. But the second part is, and we kind of talked about it, is you got to give yourself permission to use this. You got to realize you realize now it can be used for good or bad, which is the first key. If you realize it can be good, used for good, give yourself permission to do that. Okay. The way we're going to do that is through a constructive outlet, right? But we got to know why we're doing it. And this is where Joseph really comes into. We want to understand who we want to become what identity we want to have, right? What kind of impact we have on the world? Because when you have these big reasons behind this, then you have a massive object you could throw this energy at. 
take for example, say my only concern in my life was just making cash so I could go buy a bunch of Krispy Kreme donuts. Lambos. And I I spent all, yeah, Lambos. I spent all my freaking cash on something small, okay? If I have all this newfound energy, right, built up, and I just have a little teeny thing to put it towards, it's going to drive me crazy. And that energy is going to have to go somewhere else again towards a negative outlet. So in order to utilize this energy, you've got to have something bigger than life that you could throw it at. So go back to some of our, uh, our pro athlete guys we talked about, right? Like Michael Jordan, right? He wanted to be the best basketball player in the world. That was his goal. That's not a small task. I don't know how many people play basketball, but hundreds of millions, I'm willing to guess, worldwide have played the sport of basketball. And to be the top guy in the world in history of all time, that was his goal. That's massive. And he's got a lot of energy he could throw at that, right? Because that's not going to be something you accomplish overnight. That's going to be a lifetime feat, and it has been a lifetime, right? And he, he achieved that, okay? But only because he had that big purpose, so for you and Soul, I could be anything from, you know, taking care of your family, right? That could be a big purpose. Uh, saving the planet, right? Feeling an obligation, moral obligation to put solar on people's homes to clean up the environment, right? To save people's lives. That could be an obligation. It could be to fund a new business towards a project you're doing that's going to also save people's lives, okay? It could be, in my case, when I got in the industry, it was to learn the sales skills so that I could create other businesses. Now, this has led to unexpected avenues, right? Like consulting, I had no idea I would get in this situation, but it was there and I I had a big purpose to throw it at. Yeah, that's so, so important. Like having that why locked in and dialed in. So you guys probably have to go back and ask yourself before you even get to this step, like why you got into the industry, right? And why you're doing what you're doing. Cause it's really, really easy to just start getting into the groove of things and getting into the habit and just working to make money to pay your bills to then work to pay more bills and cycle over and over and over again and live for the weekend, right? And so we, we lose track of what we're really doing all of this for, right? So it's like, you're gonna make a lot of money to pay bills to then buy, buy more things so you can have more bills and then buy more stuff and then have more money and then to do what with it? You know, like, like it, the purpose of life is not just to get a lot of money. Like, what are you gonna use that money for? Like, okay, like vacations and stuff, right? Like, that's nice, but like bigger than just yourself at this point. Like, who are you doing it for, right? And then what do you want to be remembered for? So, like, these are the things that you have to keep at the front of your mind if you want to utilize the dark side. Because if, it, if you don't do this, then you're gonna never going to be able check. to control it. Yeah, it would balance. get out of check so, so, so quick. And so just remember that you do have to use the dark side of you, right? There is, like, in life, like, it's, there's nothing is black and white. Like nothing is like good or bad per se. Right. It's like what you do with it. So like anger isn't necessarily bad. It's what you do with that anger is what makes that action bad. Your intention behind your action is more important. Mm. Right. And so this is what you have to remember. Anger is not bad. Frustration is not bad. Right. Like feeling those emotions possible to not feel those, but what makes someone good or bad is what they do with it. And so this is like, this is step. So giving yourself permission to feel that frustration, to feel that anger, and then channeling it to something more important or bigger than yourself. I mean, you guys, you guys feel these emotions on a regular basis in sales, right? We face rejection every single day. (laughs) It's, it's inevitable. Sales is rejection. It's 90% rejection. 
So we're talking about channeling that rejection into strength when you need it to close the deal, when you need it, when prospecting's difficult. And here's the steps to do it, guys. There's five key steps and they're really simple, okay? First is identify the outcome you want to happen. This is the goal, this is the mission, this is the objective. If you don't know what you wanna do with this energy, then it's pointless because it's just gonna find its way into something else, personal life, in a way that you don't want it to have. You gotta know what you do, what your purpose in life is, what's your passion, what do you love to do, okay? That's first and foremost. Second, strategy to this. Sounds weird, but this is how you get it on command. <laughs> I want you to think about something that really pisses you off, gets your blood boiling, makes you frustrated, angry. I want you to actually manufacture this chemical, okay? I want you to create it on the spot. We all know the things that make us mad, right? Think about something that just makes you so unbelievably mad. And then I want you to sit, step three, feel that energy, just continue to dwell on that energy just for a second. Just feel what it's like in you. Get the blood boiling on this, okay? You're magnifying it at this point. You're letting it steep. You're letting it boil up just a little bit. Then next, I want you to identify the activity that you need to execute on that's going to take you towards your outcome you identified in step one. So for you, let's say you got to go knock doors, okay? You're knocking doors because you want to close three deals this week. That's the outcome. You want to close three deals to accomplish your purpose of taking care of your family or whatever that is for you, okay? You're going to think of something that pisses you off. You're going to get the blood boiling. You're going to feel that energy, and then you're going to say, all right, I got to go knock doors for three hours from 6 to 9 p.m. right now. Then you take this energy, you make that decision, and you apply it. That's it. Take that energy. This is like manufactured motivation, okay? Motivation, actually, we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit more, but motivation has its own chemical, which is mainly just uh, dopamine, right? It's mainly dopamine, feel-good chemicals is motivation. This is very similar to motivation. It allows you to have the same amount of action. When you feel motivated, you go out and you do something. This does the same thing, but the difference is your pain tolerance, your rejection tolerance is much higher when you tap into this field right this force of energy because you're already feeling the anger right when your body goes through and it puts this chemical right this fight or flight response in it's prepared itself for danger if you've ever gotten terribly injured right where somebody like uh actually i i actually knew a friend once and he really stupid of him okay complete idiot but he threw a Febreze can in a fireplace, okay? <laughs> <laughs> nice. He threw a Febreze can in a fireplace uh, when it wasn't lit, okay? And then he lit the fire, and I was hanging out with him. We were at this house, right? It was like a pool pool house, and the fire went on, and about five minutes in, dude, this, this Febreze can rocketed in and literally took a chunk off of his arm, okay? What? Chunk out of his arm. I'm just like, oh my, like blood's just splurting everywhere, just terribly <laughs> gross, right? He couldn't even feel it. He said he couldn't even feel it, right? Because the adrenaline was just pumping so hard, right? His body was in that fight or flight response. That's some serious pain because this guy has massive scars on his arm, right? And he felt it for months, all bandaged up, right? Just looked terrible. But at the time, that's the power of this chemical. So when you have this chemical going through your body, right? The fear of rejection, it's gone, guys. 100% gone. Anytime I'm feeling nervous about something and I use those steps, right? 
identify my outcome, my big purpose. What's my big why? I feel the anger, right? I feel of a frustration and anger. I let it sit there and then I tap it into an executable step towards that big purpose. Any obstacle in my way is obliterated. I'm unstoppable at this point. Very tactical stuff, guys. Joseph, any thoughts on that before we tie into something else here? No, it's fine. I'm still laughing about that story, dude. Dude, he's a he's a complete idiot. Anyway. Oh my god. Yeah, I don't I don't know how that happens. Funny, guy. but no, that, that oh my god. Yeah, that story just makes the whole entire point here. It drives it home. But yeah, guys, like when you tap into that fight or flight mode, like your sight your senses are heightened, right? This is when you literally like everything that you've practiced can now come into play or fruition. It's kind of like practicing basketball off the court, right? Just every single day, drilling day in, day out for like months on end until the game day. And on the game day, if something makes you angry and frustrated, you're going to go all out. But at this point, what you do is that you're not thinking anymore. I think Tim Grover says this so well. Like you don't want to think when you're executing. Mm. Like, Pra yeah. Like when you think when you're practicing, right, you, you repeatedly go through the motions, you make sure that you're very intentional about what you do. But when you practice enough, right, the pros, do you think that they have to think about what they have to do on the court when they no get way. on, you know, no like way. Serena Williams, do you think that she has to think about the angle of the racket, the grip, uh, exactly her hand placement, right, and exactly where she's going to hit the ball with the, or on the racket? She doesn't think about anything anymore. At this point, it's just pure, like, Honing, honing in on the dark side and just feeling that epinephrine, right? And then just making sure that you channel that energy. And so there's no thinking at this point. And so like, I know a lot of times that if you get angry, then you don't think and then people make bad decisions, right? The reason why people make bad decisions is because they didn't practice. No one practices being angry. Like many, very few people practice anything in their lives, right? And so if you do practice though and become a pro at what you are and master your craft, if you become angry and frustrated and channel that energy into something an execution or an executable step, right? Like knocking on doors, going to a sales presentation, right? An appointment. And then you just go at it. Like all that you've practiced is now just, it's just motion, Joseph, right? To give you, a, it's just to give you an insight on that. I'm at the point too. And I don't, I'm knocking on wood here big time. I don't get angry. <laughs> okay. I, I can't think of the last time I actually got angry at somebody or a situation. I've literally gotten to the point because I've been doing this for years to where the feeling, right? This chemical, when it comes in, unless I'm like in danger, right? Obviously the body's going to kick it in by itself or if a breeze can wipes up my arm, I'm going to feel it. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but a social situation, I don't get angry. Like road rage doesn't exist with me. Somebody could totally smash into the side of the car, right? And break my arm and even be angry. Like I'm at that point, I'm numb to the anger because I've rewired this emotion as motivation on tap. I could literally mm -hmm. use that force now. And that's, that's kind of how my brain views it at this point. And I wanted to let you know, like you can get to that point too, guys. It just takes practice. That's awesome. You're like a Tai Chi master, bro. It's like, it, it's, it's like a art form, but it's like you're fighting, right? So obviously you're going to be angry and, and frustrated and you're going to be going against like pretty formidable forces, but those guys are so they're, calm, so centered, so focused. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's literally taking that energy and redirecting every single time. It's literally just judo. Right. And so when you become a master, you don't worry anymore. You don't have to get frustrated or angry. But in the beginning, that's what you have to do to tap into it. And once you learn it enough and you practice it enough times, then it just becomes like an, uh, uh, something that you've mastered. And you can just like literally, it's just one fluid motion now. Anything that comes in opposition of you, 
can now be redirected into something great. All right. So here's here's another tactical strategy on this, guys. So you already know the steps to it. That's the, that's the meat of it. Honestly, you could take that one point away and utilize that, and you're going to be well off. But this is even more next level, how you can even optimize yourself even further. And again, some of it's kind of weird, but it works. <laughs> um, one is to utilize competition, okay? And there's two forms of competition. A lot of people will talk about external competition, right? You go compete with a competitor, right? Maybe somebody did you wrong and you want to beat them, prove them wrong. I know a lot of people do that, right? There's that kind of competition. And then there's personal competition. This is with your potential, right? This is sustained success. The only difference with these is personal competition, right? Competing with your better version of yourself, which I highly recommend everybody do. Once you identify your why and your purpose and you understand it, this comes pretty naturally. This is going to allow you to have lasting motivation, lasting focus. Okay. It's going to be kind of metered, right? It's not going to be huge spikes, but it's going to be lasting. It's going to be allow you to sustain success over the long term of your career. This is what all these world-class athletes, right? You don't think Michael Jordan was competing with all the other basketball players. He was competing with himself, but, and here's a big, but right external competition. When Michael Jordan started playing basketball, many of you guys know the story of when he got cut from his high school basketball team. What did he do that summer? He went out, worked his tail off so he can prove the coach wrong in his face, right? And the entire team wrong. He came back as one of the starting players, right? Because of that motivation. That was external competition, looking at somebody outside of himself. And I could tell you, I've utilized both. I like external competitions in sales environments. I quite frankly, I like to kick some ass when it comes in sales. I like to have other people I could compete with and shove it in their face. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not everybody has it. Joseph's not like that, but it's a tool I like to utilize, but it's not going to last forever. It's not going to last forever at all. You need to be able to compete with yourself at that point. And that's really where the ego is that fine balance utilizing your ego full swing to the right, full power, that's going to be external, trying to beat out other people, prove them wrong, trying to be the best of the best. Personal competition is going to be where you have to hold it back in and it comes back to you. Okay. So that's how you use competition. Yeah. For external competition and personal, you have to, you actually have to have both. It's, it's absolutely, absolutely, absolutely essential. Um, and so what you can think about is external competition is short term. Right, it's short-term goals. So think of it like that. It's like the catalyst to get started, right? And then the personal competition with yourself is a long-term goal. That's what's going to take you to the next level, the apex of the mountain. Go right? back to the like predator situation. Like, yeah, exactly. Like so a saber-toothed tiger, right? You got to go kill this saber-toothed tiger. That's external competition. You're going to get immediate motivation and a push of adrenaline by doing that. Personal competition would be going back to the tribe, taking care of the family, building up the the village, whatever the hell it is. Anyway, sorry. exactly. Whatever our ancestors did, <laughs> but yeah, that's essentially exactly what it is. But between those two, you need both you use external for short term, short term, immediate, um, like action and then personal to just prolong that. Right. Success. It's, it's more about sustaining and keeping your success versus just like obtaining it for short, short term. Very few people, people can, uh, actually sustain and keep it. A lot of people can get those spurts. Like you've always heard those guys that had like 
a crazy amount of sales in one month and it just tanked the next, right? You don't want to be like one of those guys. Those guys use external competition uh, to its max, but didn't utilize personal competition. And what you want to do for personal competition is compare yourself to the person that you were yesterday. That's what you want to do. And just beat the hell out of that person that you were yesterday. Mm. And so if you keep that in mind, that's also utilizing, like that, that's actually pretty instant as well and immediate. And so if you look back on who you were yesterday, what you did, what you accomplished and try to one up yourself every, every single day, imagine where you'd be in a week, right? Seven days of constant one upping yourself, leveling yourself up, doing, doing, outdoing yourself of what you did yesterday for seven straight days. Like how far would you go? If you did like 50 doors, right? One day, you have to do 51 the next day. Then you have to do 55. Then you have to do 60 the next day and 70. Do you see how that can start snowballing out of control in a very good way? And so imagine 30 straight days of just continually remembering what you did yesterday and beating that person. Like that's how you get to the next level. Like Michael Jordan didn't have any competition when he did that because there was not even close. So if you keep competing externally, you're always going to fall short or be equal to everyone. So that's what you don't want to rely on. You really want to rely on that personal competition after you get that initial push from, uh, from the external. Part of that is the, uh, back to the, you know, the feeling of that adrenaline, right? If you look back and you're competing with yourself and you look back at what you did yesterday and you get a feeling of dissatisfaction and you even get angry and get that feeling of adrenaline about how mm. you could have done better yesterday. I know I used to do this all the time. I would, be, yeah. it, it we'll talk about how to control it a little bit more because it's dangerous because I was at the point, like when I played trumpet in high school, right? I was always dissatisfied every concert, right? It could be phenomenal. And I was pissed because I knew I could have done better every single Even time. like first place and be like, yeah, no! every, every time, man. I mean, to give you an idea, I did like some national trumpet competitions. I got second place, like in my senior year of high school uh, through ages 29, right? Through kids in college. And I was pissed at the performance, right? And I go back and I hit the practice room and I hit the grindstone again, right? It was using this method. I feel it. Oh, I could have done better. I feel that energy. I identify the activity. This is my purpose. Boom, execute. So that's just a, another example again. I love it. Yeah, that's pretty much all you guys need to do for um, external and personal competition. But just to keep in mind, like it's a lot of people say like, oh, don't beat yourself up. Like, no, this is when we give you permission you to do that. Up. Yeah, you have to because who else will? You know, what happens if you get coddled for the rest of your life? If everyone just keeps uh, coming to your aid and saying, oh, it's okay. Like, no, it, it's not okay to lose. It's not okay to just, not. to just walk through life, you know? And so this is the time that you have to beat yourself up. But again, it's not the action itself, but it's the intention behind the action that you're doing. Mm -hmm. So why are you beating yourself up? Is it just to wallow in your self-pity and so you can just continually cry and sit in your room all day and do nothing, right? That's not it. So if you're beating yourself up, know exactly why. It's to become better. It's to beat the version of yourself that you were yesterday. It's to become the best in your industry and in your craft. Become a master. You know? So like those are the reasons why you would want to do it. So remember, don't it's not necessarily action, but the intention behind it. Yeah, that's big. Last part on this, guys, before we talk about how to harness this ego, and we'll take a break here right after this. It's uh, how to maximize your body, right? We talked about some of the chemicals your body does. I have a few little key ninja tr strategies I like to use. Again, pretty unorthodox on some of these, but if you break down really the science of how we're built, 
makes a hundred percent sense. So one is like, obviously you guys know eating healthy foods is going to keep your energy on point. But when I have like a big sale, this is one of my rituals before any big presentation, or if I had like a string of three, four sales in the evening, I actually wouldn't eat. I would actually purposely fast before these sales, because when you fast, right, you actually get a spike in energy again. This one's called uh, Nora adrenaline. Okay. And basically this chemical does one thing. It motivates you to go find food. Okay. That's how your body has it. Cause if you think about it as humans, again, we didn't, if we didn't have food, right? Like many of us didn't have in the morning, we'd have to go hunt animals or whatever. If we felt low energy during that time period, there'd be zero motivation to go out there and hunt and use this required energy, this massive amount of energy to take down this animal, to go find it, to go walk miles and miles in the heat. This, this uh, spike of energy is very, very powerful. So you guys, if you haven't experimented with fasting and intermittent fasting, I highly suggest it. And then another one I like to do is I just like to do some push-ups jumping jacks, burpees, get that adrenaline pumping before any sort of activity. If I'm going to go prospect, I'm going to go do follow-up calls, especially with me working in an office situation too, where uh, I'll close deals over the phone, right? Or I'm doing consulting. I'm sitting at the computer all day. I definitely got to do this, especially if I'm doing an activity I don't want to do. I got to get down, do 20 push-ups, then get to it. So anyway yeah 100 percent. tony robbins has a trampoline before he yeah, <laughs> before he uh yeah. yeah 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 so he has to like jump on a trampoline before he goes on the stage every single time and that's what he's doing um it, it's it's essentially just priming your body so all of this is, is literally like guys we're teaching you how to just like create a source of energy that you can tap into right it's like so when you fast you then tap into this new found source of energy that you can then channel right it's always about finding this energy transferring it and channeling it to something that you can use for, for better. And so that's what happens when you fast, right? You get the energy boost and then you channel to something. When you exercise or move your body or jump on a trampoline, whatever you want to do, then you have this newfound energy and then you can channel it into something good again. And then make sure you guys, make sure you're eating right. Like this is, I know like we didn't really talk much about it, but like diet is probably one of the most important things for your energy source. Like this is like, you're literally getting your fuel from energy. If you put t like shit gas in your engine, you're, going to get terrible production you're going to get worse mile mileage on your gas so you can't go very far very far and so what you want to do is you want to make sure your diet is on point and my diet was out of whack for so long like i didn't have it on point i was eating terrible stuff like fast food every single day i was eating frozen food oh my god like every single time i would get home i just throw like pizza rolls or something in the oven right and it would just destroy my stomach and i just thought it was normal right i'm like oh i ate till i was full i mistake i mistook full for her, like I was, I thought I was full, but I was actually like dying. My stomach was crying for help. It was like, so don't bad. put this crap in my body. Bad. And I was still put just dumping this garbage into me. And that, I was wondering why I didn't feel like doing anything after I ate. I was wondering why I was groggy, why my mind was foggy. I didn't want to do any work. I didn't have any motivation. And so if you guys are feeling that way, like lethargic after you eat, you don't feel good. You don't feel the best. You feel bloated. Watch what you're eating and listen to your body. I don't have time to go into like exactly what you should eat. But a very simple, actionable thing that you can do is just listen to your body. Mm. Like, be very intentional when you eat. And then when you eat, I learned this from James, too, because his diet's, like, so clean. It's cool. I was like, dude, how do you eat, like, only brown rice and chicken? This makes no sense. But what you want to do is listen to your body. So when you eat something, notice how you feel. Do you feel like your energy levels are raised or lowered when you eat the food? Do you feel groggy or do you feel sharp and alert? 
it's very, very easy to tell what you should and shouldn't eat. And don't listen to anyone else. Don't listen to like all these dietitians and nutritionists. Like, look, no one knows your body, right? Everyone's allergic or sensitive to certain foods. And so like, you can't just automatically assume like, oh, I know I'm not lactose intolerant, so I can still eat dairy. But I wasn't lactose intolerant, but I knew that dairy didn't make me feel good. Like, I don't know if I'm sensitive to it or not, but I just know that if I eat it, my energy levels go down. I get groggy. I get slow. I can't think as well. I'm not as articulate. I can't work as well, right? My production goes down. And so I watch that and I'm careful. And I know I'm not lactose intolerant, but I don't eat that food anymore, right? You have to be disciplined in this aspect. And so watch what you eat, watch how you feel and eliminate foods that make you feel bad. And then watch how you feel when you eat something good and make sure you keep repeating those actions over and over again, eating that food over and over. Guys, if this sounds like a lot of stuff, it is. And when it comes down to it, we're um, our job is simple, right, on the podcast. is to give you every variable, every question of doubt, every situation that may come up, right, and every tool, more importantly, and strategy that's going to stack the odds in your favor, okay, no matter what your goal is. So if right now you're thinking, ah, James, I like eating those double cheeseburgers and stuff like that, okay, <laughs> Yeah, there's successful guys who eat like crap, right? And they do well. Elon Musk is a prime example or like Warren Warren Buffett. Buffett. (laughs) Yeah. But why would you bet your success on the like 1% exception of somebody who is successful by eating like crap or didn't know how to control their anger? Okay. I'm not going to do that. Those are stupid odds. I want best odds possible. I want odds that are completely unfair and give me a ridiculous advantage to everybody else. This is just one of those things, another one of those things that's going to stack those odds in your favor. Okay, guys, let's go ahead and take a quick break here for part two, and we'll wrap up the episode. Hey, listeners, it's James Swiderski here. I promise we'll be right back to this fire content you're enjoying, but I'd be remiss if I didn't tell you about the number one training platform that I trust my own clients as well as my own solar team with, and it's called the Solar Spartan System. Now, the Solar Spartan System is not your traditional course. It's a solar sales transformation experience that's combined over 11,000 hours of research on today's top sales and marketing professionals and condensed their strategy into one streamlined system that practically forces you, yeah, that's right, forces you to have success in reaching your goals. And the best part is, guys, it's designed specifically for solar, and it's been tested on over 800 solar professionals to date. Now, you might be saying, James, that's cool, but how does it force me to have success? And this is where it gets pretty ninja, my friend, so listen up. So here's what makes the Solar Spartan system so effective, okay? It's the combination of applying the minimum amount of inputs, right? Minimum effective dose of what it takes to get you to that next level, combining that with the power of social accountability and the top-notch strategies used by today's solar professionals, solarpreneurs, right? So what does this mean for you? No more watching 15-hour courses. No more banging your head trying to figure out how to apply Grant Cardone strategies over here and Dan Locke strategies over here to solar specifically and no more guesswork. The Solar Spartan system is 100% action-oriented, meaning you won't be given more content to study than what you need to actually reach your next four deals, 10 deals, 16, 20 deals, whatever your goal is, there's a milestone for it within the system. 
And to give you guys an idea of what you can expect out of this, I've taken some of my lowest producing reps and clients from closing one to maybe struggling to get that third or fourth deal a month, all the way to closing 18 to 20 deals a month in less than 90 days. It's that good. That's why I want to go ahead and offer you guys, Solarpreneur listeners, a special discount on the Solar Spartan system. If you guys head on over to solarspartansystem.com, you could try it out for 30 days. Again, guys, don't put your success on hold. This is something I would not promote on the podcast if I didn't fully believe in it. Something I trust my clients, but as well, my own solar company, my own reps, they go through this exact same training. So again, head over to solarspartansystem.com to get started and my team and I will see you inside. Let's get back to the show. All right, guys, welcome back. We're going to dive into part two here uh, with Joseph, and we're going to talk about controlling the ego. We talked about how to utilize it, right? And we're going to talk about controlling it. And one of the main things that allowed me to help myself, Joseph was really one of the primary guys that helped me grasp and understand how to control this ego, okay? How to keep it in check to where it's not detrimental to my success and helping others. One of the primary things that we used was finding an example, okay? Just Think of somebody in your life, some sort of mentor, somebody who you know that is wildly successful, okay? And what I find is most people who are very successful, right? We think about the Michael Jordans, the Ed Milet, the Tom Bilyeu's, right? Quest Nutrition. We think about these guys. They don't get to the level they're at if they didn't have an ego. They didn't understand how to use it. It's literally impossible to become a high achiever at something if you don't have that ego to be able to utilize and you don't use the parts and the strategies we talked about first. But what I noticed, two guys in particular I thought about, and Joseph helped me realize that I look up to tremendously, right, is Ed Milet, okay, and Tom Bilyeu, founder of Quest Nutrition. I look at these guys, right? Ed Milet, massive nine-figure company, right? Just ridiculous success. He's got his own jet. Tom Bilyeu, right? Quest Nutrition, just insane success. But they're humble as hell, dude. Like, just ridiculous. These guys are focused on mission, purpose, helping others above themselves. Yeah, they're prime examples of what it's like when you're able to utilize your ego and then control it, right? These guys, you can't mess with them, right? But if these guys didn't have an ego, they'd just be pushovers. Like they would just get walked all over and they wouldn't be able to build these businesses. Like these guys gotta have spines, right? And the only way you can have that is by having an ego, but then keeping it in check so that you don't just spiral out of control, right? And so it, it's all calculated and extremely controlled. And James touched on this just a little bit, but what these guys do to like the easiest way to kind of control your ego, right? At a broad scale, like a macro scale is by creating a vision and mission that's bigger than yourself. And what you want to do is keep that at the top of your mind daily, because if you're focused on the vision and mission, those things are for other people, right? By definition, visions are like the world that you want to create and the world encompasses other people, right? Your mission is something that you want to do for other people, right? And so what you want to do is craft a vision and mission that a vision for the world that you want and then a mission of how you're going to accomplish that mission, that vision in the first place. And so if you have that and you remind yourself of that daily, then you're going to be able to keep this ego in check because now you're constantly focusing on other people and how you can create this reality that you have in your head. So that's the first step that you want to do in order to get your ego in check. And you can tell like it's going to be uncomfortable at first because a lot of people don't have a vision and a mission. And what you want to do is make it almost 
you really do want to make it uncomfortable actually because you want a, a vision like om, a vision big enough so that it's almost impossible or impractical to try to accomplish it within your lifetime and that's how you leave legacies like by creating a vision of the world that is in the future so far ahead that you won't even be alive to be able to see it come into fruition and so that's the definition of like something that will last for millennia almost right and so the next step that you want to do is um a good exercise is like take note of what other people are saying about you right if you have a big ego um this is what you really want to do and don't take the stuff that people say personally i'm not saying like care about what they say and like take it uh, to heart and be sensitive about it i'm saying look at this objectively think of it as like a science experiment survey people and see what they think of you and just take it as data points, right? See how other people are reacting to what you say and what you do, and then see if you're pushing them away or harming them, right? Are you building your relationships up or are you distancing yourself from other people? Like be very careful and, and very um, cautious and then very attentive to what you're doing and then how other people are reacting to you. Because in this world, it's not just you alone, right? You have to interact with other people. And so make sure that you're acting harmoniously and that you're building people up and, and not tearing them down. Um, and then the next step, what you want to do is this all kind of ties in together, right? And so the, the emotion or the kind of the value and virtue that you want to embody is empathy, right? So if you look at another person, right, um, immediately what the ego will do is judge other people. That's what happens when an ego is out of check. You'll automatically judge other people. And so when you do that, you automatically open yourself up to be judged as a consequence, right? For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So if you judge, you will be judged, guaranteed. But if you don't judge other people and you see them through another lens, you see them through their own lens, and you see, you don't just see their action, but you see, oh, like, why did they do that action? What could have caused them to do this action? You see beyond that and you see it from their side. That's when your ego is controlled, right? And you understand them. And that's when you can really start to um, see the fruits of your labor in this sense. Look at and a, so, let me let yeah. me give a quick example so these guys can relate it to what they're doing here. Um, mm -hmm. Think about how you view salespeople. So say you're walking through a mall, right? And the mall kiosk salesman comes up to you. How do you feel? What do you think about that guy? Are you thinking, oh, geez, dude, get out of the way. This is so annoying. <laughs> like he's trying to sell me something. Like really mm. take a good hard look at how you view these situations because if you feel a fear of rejection when you go knock doors or when you're going to call somebody or follow up with somebody you feel like that's, pushing, so good. that's because you probably feel the same way when a salesperson's pushing with you and that's Ooh. how you're judging them that's so key that's so good yeah so if you are right and if you're walking through the mall kiosk and you like avoid eye contact <laughs> right that's like the the universal tactic to not get approached yeah. you avoid eye contact you walk on the side furthest away from them or you even put your your significant other between <laughs> like you and the salesperson right <laughs> um so if you guys are doing that it's literally why why when you're going to approach these people or you're going to prospect you're going to these doors you're afraid you're reluctant you're hesitant is because you think that the other person's going to think the same thing about you because you thought that same thing about the salesperson at the kiosk right and so this thing applies to like um if you're having a trouble or if you're having trouble selling solar and you're trying to sell it only on price and you always get, oh, this is another thing too, like your objections, right? Look at the objections that you're getting during your um, presentations. And if you're getting things like, oh, I can't afford this or like, oh, I want to research, right? It's probably because you have those same exact tendencies. Like, are you the person that buys stuff instantaneously, doesn't research? Or are you the type of person that takes 
hours and hours because I know I was that person, right? I would research for hours on Amazon, looking at every single review possible, the good, the bad, the middle, right? All of it. And then I would just waste so much time to buy like an $8 product, right? And I'd always try to find the cheapest one. And so when that happened, I wasn't able to get the clients that I wanted because I was always concerned when I mentioned my price, I thought that it was too expensive because that's how I viewed everything in life. I was like, oh, this is too expensive. This is too expensive. Like that's how I operated. And so because of that, I then reflected that objection in my sales. And so take a look at what objections you're getting because most likely whatever objections you're getting, you probably have when you're being sold to from the other side. Yeah. Yeah, that's so sneaky. And so the ego is sneaky and ninja. And so what I mean by this is that it can come up in unexpected ways. Sometimes you don't even know that it's ego. And so that's why I, I like to say, like, I've been repeating this a lot, but this is probably one of the most important parts um, within ego. It's like, and in actions that you take, it's like, it's not what you do, but why you do what you do. The intention of what you are doing speaks louder than the action. Like, remember when I said that nothing in life is either good or bad? It's why, it's what you do with it afterwards. So frustration and anger, it's not necessarily bad, but what you do with it after is what matters or what makes it good or bad. So it's all about the intention. Like in this world, it's just, everything just is. There's no good or bad. Like the only way that it's good or bad is by our own perspective, by our own labels, right? And, and it isn't until that we remove those labels um, or, or just look past it and say why we're doing it is when we can really tap into something greater than what we are. And so um, the last thing that you guys want um, that you guys want to do, and um, this is a good like test or a check that you can do to make sure that your ego is um, controlled, is ask yourself why you're doing what you do with everything you do. It's like, why did I say that to my prospect? Or why did I say that to my mom or dad? Why did I say it to my significant other? Was it really what I meant? Or was it just because of the heat of the moment? And so if you keep asking yourself why you do what you do, why did I give money to that homeless person? Was it because I wanted to look good in front of all the people that were around me in my friend group? Or was it because I genuinely cared about that person? You see what I mean? Like nothing in this world is good or bad. It's exa- it's why you do it is is what makes it good or bad. Guys, and when so, you can make that yeah. a habit, and it's still not a habit for me, but since working with Joseph on this, you can tell he knows what the hell he's talking about with this stuff. It's been a big, big game changer for me, but... If you could get to the habit where you're consistently on a regular basis asking yourself the question, why? Why do I do this? Why do I do that? Once that becomes a habit ingrained with you, and I'm almost there on it too, where I literally question everything I'm doing throughout the day. Holy crap, guys. Like the amount of change that happens at that. Like to give you an example, like the Spartan system you just heard about, right? That product has just... 10x in improvement and quality in the last three to six months i've been working on this since working with joseph and figuring these things out because i asked myself the question like why am i teaching this method to them why am i teaching them linkedin prospecting is it because it's cool i think it's cool and it makes me look cool right as a influencer in this industry right that i know all this cool shit or is it going to actually help them and that's where I really got rid of a lot of the fluff, a lot of the stuff on there. And it's really just hardcore tactics that's going to help, right? The purpose is there. Oh, 100%. You got that dialed in so much. So it's like in, in life, you're just going to like 90% of what we do is have it after we get to the age of 35, right? And so it, the only way to change it is by questioning it first. If you never question anything, you're never going to change anything. And so that's why questioning is so important because it breaks that pattern that you're in. So if, if you really do want to break out of that vicious cycle of 
you repeating the same actions and making the same mistakes and feeling the same way, the first thing you need to do is become conscious of it. And the way that you become conscious about it is by asking yourself why. That's how you break the loop because you'll never get out of it if you don't ask why. Um, but guys, the last thing that you need to do um, to just like put this, to wrap this whole entire thing up, right, is to talk to someone that knows you, right? But you have to ask them to be completely transparent with you. So you need an objective third-party observer. And so you have to tell them though that, hey, Gary, whoever it is, right? That, hey, I want you to be brutally honest with who you think I am, where I'm going, how I treat other people, what people are saying behind my back. Like, I need you to, to let me know this. Not, and it won't change our relationship at all, no matter what you say, right? But you hear me or not, it doesn't matter. The reason why I want you to tell me this brutal, honest truth is because I want to become better as a person, as an entrepreneur, as someone that can change the world. I need you to tell me the truth, though. Like, how do you feel about me? Am I hurting people? Am I building relationships? Am I a good person? What are my tendencies, right? Spell it all out, lay it all out for me so that I can then change it. And so when you tell someone this and they are completely transparent with you, it's very hard to observe yourself, right? Because we don't really notice what we're doing, but a third party, someone else observing you that's been there for, you know, like, like a good year or two at least, then they can point out things that you tend to do if you drive people away, if your ego is too big, if you're too conceited, if you are loving, if you are caring, if you're empathetic, right? These are things to know, right? Don't take this personally. This is an experiment. This is something you must observe. And so don't, don't take this to heart, but just take it as data points to then change and become who you want to be. Um, but that's pretty much it, guys. That's like the whole entire uh, episode on like how to channel your ego, utilize it to become an apex predator, elite solar uh, rep and to be able to just completely obliterate competition, right? So this is how the greats became great and the legends actually were created, right? This is the exact thing that they tapped into. Um, and then we also learned how to control your ego, which is just by asking yourself why you do what you do continuously and creating a vision, a mission that's bigger than yourself. And once you guys do that and you do this repeatedly every single day, right? Go over this episode. These episodes, guys, when we make it, our intention is not for you to listen to it once, right? Repetition is what breeds mastery. So you have to go back and listen to this if you really do want to cement this into your brain and to be able to not only just listen, right? Because that's, that's not why we're doing this. It's not just to look cool, to sound cool. It's not for you guys to feel good for like an hour, right? No, like this is to actually changes, change your guys' life. Like that's our vision and our mission for you, right? We want this to be something you can implement and radically shift your life with. So please do us a favor and do yourself most like mostly a favor by taking something, just one thing from this episode that you learned and implement it immediately. I'm talking about like right now, like stop the podcast, write down what you learned and then, then immediately implement it and make sure that you stick to it, right? Habit takes at least 21 days, up to 27 days, 30 days to then form and become a habit that's cemented uh, within your biology. So please take what you learned, one thing and implement it immediately, guys. But that's pretty much all we've got for this episode, guys. Uh, take care. Hope you guys found some value. Please do leave a five-star review. Any review, actually, just be honest, right? Brutally honest. Um, if you guys, what you guys like, what you guys would like to see, any content that you would like us to talk about, please put it there. Message us. Um, we're always here to help you guys out. And so we're here for you guys. Let's go get it, guys. Go kill it out there. 
what another amazing episode of the Solarpreneur Podcast. Now, before we take off here, do us a favor and go leave an honest review on your platform of choice or wherever you're listening to this podcast. It helps us get the word out about the Solarpreneur movement and impact more entrepreneurs, sales professionals, and marketers just like you. And hey, don't forget to head over to Facebook and join the Solarpreneur group for more daily content that's going to impact you and help you take your sales game to the next level. See you guys in the next episode.